0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network.
1: Hi folks, and welcome to episode 7 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast, the show for March 2014. I'm your host, Bart Bushots, and joining me is an interesting panel, um, <laughs> small in number, perhaps high in eccentricity, yes. high in fun, energy, energy, yes, high in energy, Stay definitely energy. high in energy. So uh, the, the first voice you heard there is the wonderful Alison Sheridan from the No Silicast Mac Podcast, the technology geek podcast with an ever so slight Macintosh bias. <laughs> Very well done. Yeah, I've practiced. I literally had to practice when I was hosting your show, actually.
0: Very good. Yes, you did a fabulous show on my podcast while I was gone, allowing me to relax and have fun. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, I just realized, I'm having you on to talk about the months, you know, what's happened this month in Apple News. And you spent March cruising around the Southern Hemisphere.
0: That's true. That's true. It turns out they have computers and stuff there, too, though. So it
1: worked oh out. No oh good. But don't uh, they run in the opposite direction? <laughs>
0: Well, I did mess with Bart's brain. I showed him uh, a picture I took of the, of the sky showing um, Orion upside
1: down. It's weird. It's, right, it's wrong. Like the house was the right <laughs> way up and the stars were upside down. Shouldn't happen. <laughs> um, also joining us is um, the wonderful Guy Cyril again. Hi, Guy. I obviously didn't scare you off too bad last time.
2: Oh, no, no. I will always, I'll always come back. I'm a glutton for punishment.
1: And, <laughs> and, thank, and
2: thank you for calling me wonderful too.
1: But you are. And I I think the last time you were on, you were were pretending to be a Gaz, but this time you're on as yourself.
2: Oh, yeah, because Gaz couldn't make it.
1: You had to referee or something. that's right. Right, right, right. So, well, the
2: first time, yeah, the first time I was a substitute, this time you've actually done it on purpose. (laughs) So now it's your fault. (laughs) That's right.
1: Sorry, I I shouldn't laugh. I'll try not to laugh and then end up choking myself. That's not a good way to start. (laughs) Probably not. Right,
2: but it's okay because Allison is doing a backup recording. So if you drop dead, we got you covered. We got you back.
1: Going, <laughs> yeah, we can release this uh, two minute and one second show.
2: That's right. Release the kraken.
1: Anyway, let's before we get stuck into the more detailed news stories. Not that there's very many of them this month. I've only got three big stories on my list. Um, but I always like to do some sort of interesting numbers. Um, Philip Elmer Dewitt does a fantastic blog. Which if people don't follow it, they should. It's uh, well, it's technically part of Fortune Magazine, which is part of CNN, but it's still good. Uh, and he, he sort of put a story together out of two different sets of surveys, which say, really, when you take them together, that maybe Apple's doing better in China than all those pundits like to say. So uh, the first sur- survey was by a company called Upstream, and they 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 basically surveyed you know, what people are planning to buy, a bit like the change wave sort of idea. And so they found that worldwide, around the entire planet, 32% of people who are planning to buy a smartphone are planning to buy an iPhone, and only 29% the Samsung, which is, yeah, yeah. Apple
0: probably okay. within margin of error, but
2: about yeah, okay. the same.
1: But in China, it's 42% iPhone, 32% Samsung, and that's not within margin of error. And
2: mm. the, the thing to remember as well is when you say Samsung, you're talking about probably anywhere from five to 20 different phones, whereas <clears throat> when you're talking about Apple, you're talking about two.
1: Yeah, just the two now, yeah.
2: Or, I'm sorry, three, if you count the, the 4S.
1: Was the 4S, No, well, the 4S is still being sold, isn't
2: it? Oh, yeah. no, 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 not the, what am I, oh, what's wrong with it? Is it the 4S or the 5 that, that they're selling for the low end? It's, it's the fo- the I think it's still the 4S. 4S, 4S
1: it is, is the 4S, yeah. yeah, because the whole point of the 5C was it replaced the 5. Right, right. So it's just the 5's insides with the shiny plastic outside. And then the other number is then from uh, WDS, which is apparently owned by Xerox. Um, they say they said that seventy six percent of Chinese iPhone owners plan to stick with an iPhone next time they buy a new phone, but only fifty eight percent of Chinese Samsung customers plan to buy another Samsung. But weirdly, of the people who are switching, so total switchers, thirty four percent of them are planning to go to Samsung, but only twenty four percent to iPhone. <laughs> So that, no, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. What? Are you talking about going from one platform to another or from one brand to another?
1: Well, from one, as in, you have a phone now, you're not happy with it, and you're planning to change. So the people who are planning to change from wherever they are now to something else, a third of them are planning to go to Samsung, but only a quarter to an iPhone.
2: Okay, so that's... So what,
0: the it, iPhone's it could got be less from, churn. Yeah, it's so got less churn because, because it's 76% are going to stay with the yeah. iPhone and 58% with, with Samsung. But if they're going to switch, more are switching to Samsung than to the iPhone.
1: Yeah, which is kind of weird because that just tells me there's a lot of people in for disappointment. <laughs>
0: but but right? why is that? Well, why 40%
1: of people, 42% of people who get, a, who get a Samsung are unhappy with it. So if most of the switches are heading for Samsung, that means most of the switches are heading for disappointment.
2: Ah, so that would be, let's see, 34% are going to go to Samsung, so that means roughly 17% of those people are going to be unhappy.
1: Right, which is very
2: sad for them. Wow. How did I figure that out so quickly? Oh. Well, I'm
1: not even sure if you're right, but I'm just going to take your word for
2: it. <laughs> yeah, I would. Why, why even go into it?
1: Yeah, so I don't know if there's really much more to say about it other than the fact that, you know, we hear all these horror stories about, ooh, Apple doing terrible in China. Not so much, right?
2: Yeah, they're doing fine, you know. And and again, you know, the, this whole thing about about Apple uh, not getting market share, it it really comes down to your talk. When you talk about you know Android versus iOS, you're really saying you know uh, Samsung, HTC, and about a billion other companies versus Apple. Yeah. So you've got all these companies making Android phones. Most of them aren't making any money, and then you've got Apple which is making money hand over fist. So uh, who do you want to be? Yep. So
0: so there's another angle to this, and this kind of came up on the SMR podcast. And what they were saying was, and I think it was Rob Dunwood who said it, was that a lot of people, when they buy a Samsung device, they're buying the free one, the cheap one, the crappy one. So their initial experience can be bad where when you buy into the iPhone you're you know maybe if you bought a 4s you wouldn't be you know thrilled with it but if you bought one of the newer models you'd be pretty happy so what they'll get is a lot of churn on the low end but if you find somebody, if they had surveyed people who bought the flagship phones I think you'd get a, a much lower churn rate but since that is really why they have this giant uh, market is because they have all these low end phones that's what's really feeding this this big market that they have yeah it is valid, but yeah. still another contributor.
2: It is. Yeah, and, and it's it basically it, it's marketing or or market share points that somebody can point to and go, look, we're winning, we're not making any money, but we're winning.
1: Yeah, it's the right, friend of the show, and in fact, composer of the show's theme tune, Bren Finan, sent me a link to the market share for BMW, and if you apply the Apple Watchers' logic to BMW, they are doomed absolutely doomed they only have like five percent of the market i mean how can they possibly survive
2: oh my god if you've got a bmw you better get rid of it right now
1: yeah (laughs) it it just actually is not that in everything else we can we can we can comprehend the difference between a premium brand and a bargain basement brand but when it comes to computers somehow it's market share or bust and the fact that apple are one of the most profitable companies in the world and have been for quite some time now doesn't seem to dent that belief you know reality be damned.
0: By the way, I met a gentleman at Macworld and I'm digging through for his card right now to see if I can find it. Um, uh, he worked... No, that's not him. Anyway, he worked for a company that does market research and I, mm. I asked him... Um, the question I've always wanted to see, the answer to was, what is Apple's market share if you don't count business? Mm. People who have a choice of what to use, what are they using? And I would just, you know, off the top of my head, in the U.S., Think it's a little higher than five percent. Oh, it's much. Well, I mean, their market share worldwide is more than five percent. Yeah, I, I think it's eight or something like that. That, yeah. But it's still, it doesn't, it doesn't maybe quite hit ten. If you, you know, if you squint no, and round it, up, it, you it, might it, see it ten. It is under
2: ten. But if you were talking about uh, outside of business computers, my guess. Yeah. What do you think? And, it would and, be? and this is just a guess. Uh, I my guess would be in the neighborhood of uh, twenty five to thirty percent.
1: I am pretty sure I remember a story back in the IMP days that in laptops, direct-to-consumer sales, Apple was
2: 33%. Yeah, well, that would about follow what I said.
1: So, uh, you know, it, yeah, you're right. It is for people who get to choose what they get to use, Apple do an awful lot better than for corporations who are looking for the cheapest possible computers.
2: Right, and yeah. keep in mind as well that all of those computers that Apple is selling is at a markup of anywhere from twenty-five to forty percent, mm. whereas whereas Dell has almost nothing. Yeah. and I, he, I, you know, I, I should probably just stop talking about <laughs>
1: things along <laughs> this line. A D logo, Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems like, I just like But I really uh, would like to up.
1: know that.
0: I really would like to know that number, and I have never seen a report that, that did just consumer stuff globally or in the U.S. only or anything like that. All I've ever been able to find has been uh, including uh, the, the other the, – the business stuff.
1: Yeah, By the right, way, Q4 – factor, right? So what I, I don't want to see sales numbers. So that number that I vaguely remember from the IMP days was a sales number. I don't want to know sales number. I want to know usage numbers because your average Mac lives a lot longer than your average PC. So the fact that there are more PCs sold is just a sign that they're more crappy. Rather than that mm, that's that's
0: not fair Bart. That's not true. They're more are used by a giant margin.
1: Yeah, I know, but I I think I, I want to see a usage what I'm saying is I want to see a usage number not a sales number because I well, I don't think both numbers are the same.
2: Yeah, you you'd still have to try to take out the the business end of it though in order to get a a, a true representation of what type of computers, you know, normal, average, you know, Joe and Jane six pack are using.
1: Yeah. So it has to be a survey. You know, what do you use at home? Yeah. By the way, I just found a Gartner report from
0: uh, Q4 2013. Apple's market share was 13.7%. In- PC wow. vendor. That was U.S. PC okay. and does, vendors and it th- Does that
2: include uh, iPads?
0: No, PC. Uh, no, I don't believe it does because it, the Q twelve number was uh, Q four uh, was under ten percent. We're at thirteen point seven now.
2: Wow, that's a huge jump. Yeah, and well, you know what might be feeding into that, and I don't know if, if I can't remember if these were was in the show notes or not, but I know that you've talked about it <clears throat> on Let's Talk Apple before. Uh, the the fact that the, the PC market is in a bit of a decline right now. Mm. So if the PC market is in a decline, that means that Apple's numbers, even if their sales numbers don't change, are still going to rise as a percentage of total computers sold.
1: That's true. They get, they're keeping the same size of slice, but the pie is shrinking.
0: Right. That is actually what the report is about. This is oh. Apple's US Max sales see significant growth in Q4. Well, worldwide PC shipments suffer worse decline since 2009.
2: There you mm. go. Windows 8. Sorry, excuse me. Oh, <laughs> God. Anyway.
0: Okay, tried it. this is a clean show. This is a clean Don't show. Don't say things yes. like that. So the oh, next sorry.
1: little number that caught my eye was that the co- a company called ProtectCell uh, had a look at their customer data. So they sell insurance for smartphones. And they have found that if you have an iPhone, you're 86% less likely to need a replacement device than if you have any other brand of phone.
0: Why would that <laughs> be?
1: I think because... No, they no, do think... when you drop them. Oh, don't, don't talk to me about that. I have, yeah. years been, <laughs> I have for years been on my high horse. What do, I don't know what people are saying. How do you break an iPhone screen? I've dropped my phone loads of times. Obviously, never on a corner. Because it didn't fall far, but it landed straight on a corner, and I have a very shattered screen.
2: I wonder if it could be partly because um, uh, iPhone insurance from Apple. Uh, Apple Care for the iPhone is so damn expensive that people are just more careful with it. Okay, but Though you it think, just actually, just if they've seem... gone ahead and paid for it, you'd think, hey, I've, I I'd get a replacement. I'm going to juggle iPhones with chainsaws or something. Yeah, but you this know, is the... a
1: company that sells third-party insurance, so their customers aren't going to have paid Apple for insurance because they've yeah. paid Apple. Oh, that's true. that's true. And their phones are definitely insured, so you, I imagine the juggling theory... Can't with chainsaws. <laughs> I'll leave the chainsaws out.
0: Okay. Uh, I think you got the number wrong. I'm looking at the article, oh. and it says 54% less likely to need a replacement device.
1: How did I manage to completely...
2: Because it says 86. It says 86 in the headline.
1: Okay, that would be why I said that, yeah. Oh, so they've got... The article's you know, got two different oh, answers. you think the Wall Street Journal would do a little better than that.
0: I wonder which it is. Huh.
1: Well, either way, it's interesting, but it would be nice to know whether it's in the 50s or in the 80s.
0: Sure. But even but even if you're saying, you know, I, I would really like to know why. Why
2: would that be? Because uh, well, people well, love they are, they are. Well, you know, I think part of it is the fact that Apple has put together a very well-made device. And uh, a lot of care and a lot of engineering time went into the creation of each iPhone as it's come out. And you know honestly I mean I've my son my son guy has an HTC 1 and he shattered the screen some time ago. However uh, it's sh- oddly enough it's shattered in a way that when it's actually on you can't really tell. So hmm. I I I don't quite I don't quite get it. But um even when we bought that phone and that was the phone he wanted. I offered him an iPhone and he was like, "Oh no, I kind of want to." I was like, "Okay, you want, you want an Android phone, you can have an Android phone." And it just – it it was lighter than the iPhone even though it had a slightly bigger screen. But it, it just didn't feel substantial the way – and and honestly, and maybe that's not quite fair because I I always have a Mophie case, a Mophie battery case for mine. Hmm. So mine feel pretty hefty <laughs> all the time anyway. But, but yeah, it, it just didn't really feel very substantial.
1: The, the iPhone 5 sort of does that magic trick of – being really light and yet feeling really solid, which is magic. Yeah, Voodoo. it's dense.
0: So, by the way, more detail in this uh, Wall Street Journal article, if we ignore the fact that those two numbers didn't match up. Yeah. But, uh, they, they said that, according to ProtectCell, iPhone <coughs> owners are 11% less likely to report a broken or damaged device, but 65% more likely to request a replacement because they can't find it.
2: What? It Why would you less pay likely. for insurance, break it, and not report it?
0: Well, that's not what they're saying. They're just saying they, they don't – they're saying less likely to report it, so maybe that's because they haven't broken it, but they're more likely to have lost it. They're far more prone to misplacing their phone. This is a weird article.
1: I'm, I'm starting to regret putting this in the show notes. <laughs> it was a fun debate. So moving on. True. So this I hear the of- iPhone 5C is a, a flop, Bart. Yeah, I was going to say, this is sort of moving on. So you were saying, you know, what if we look at the flagship devices earlier, and I sort of made a mental note, you know, actually, we're going to talk about that, because the iPhone 5C is outselling individually every model of BlackBerry, Windows phone, or Android flagship phone. So it's not awful.
2: It's just not in the numbers that Apple probably thought it was going to be.
1: Okay, you say the numbers Apple probably thought. I'm not sure. We don't know what Apple thought. All we know is what the Wall Street people wanted
2: well, we do know we do know that Apple cut production of the 5C, and if it was selling off the shelves, they wouldn't have done that. So I, and you know, this is reading between the lines, but I, I would guess that uh, in the boardrooms of Apple, somebody said, you know, it's not quite what we thought it was going to be. You know, more more people wanted the the 5S, so they took production away from the 5C and they added it to the 5S.
1: Isn't that a fantastic problem to have? Oh, yeah. look, they're not buying our cheap model; they're buying our premium model instead. Oh darn!
2: Oh damn! Sorry. No, you can
1: say that. No, they, they, they... I think the it was D on word. Let's Talk photo. I was explaining we have which words D. we can't say. Which words we actually? I can't say that on the air. Um, no, anyway, you can't. that's why I said it for you. <laughs> there is an F bomb. There is no D bomb. Okay. Anyway, so anyway, the article. Yes. So basically, if you look at if you compare the five C to an to say the Galaxy, whatever it is at the moment, the five C outsells S4. it. Four. If you pick any BlackBerry you like, actually, that's a, that's just that's a low bar. We'll ignore that. If you pick say the <laughs> the, the shiniest of the Nokia Windows eight phones, the iPhone five C outsells those. So, as if you look at the iPhone five C individually and pair it up against its competition, it actually does quite well.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's even outselling Samsung's uh, flagship phone.
1: Now, of course, the other thing is Samsung have a fleet, <laughs> whereas Apple's fleet is more of a flotilla. It's, it's three. So, uh, you know, the, 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 that is sort of a difference. That uh, The 5C probably sells better because there's less choice in iPhone. But then again, that's a business decision by Apple that's obviously paying off. So,
2: And, and yeah, as you said, that is, a, that is a, such a terrible problem to have. Yes, yes, it is.
0: I thought this was a bigger story than some people made this out to be. I mean, how, how can you call it a flop? How can you say that it, it had reduced production and worried and, and Apple's concern and blah, 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 if it's outselling all of the flagship phones individually? I mean, well, I would remember, not have expected Allison,
2: remember, this is, this is in the U.S. only.
1: Okay. Well, the numbers are U.S. only, so we don't know what it's doing yeah. elsewhere. But that's right. still a pretty important mm. market.
2: It is. It is.
1: I would also say there's a very good reason that everyone wants to say the iPhone 5C is a flop because saying so gives you an amazing amount of clicks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, That's a pretty good way to make some money if you're in, in, in this kind of stuff is say something Apple something bad about Apple. Go. People so if, if people are looking
0: at this article, by the way, um, I tweeted this article out and a lot of people said, well, they've got a chart, but they don't say who collected the data. Yes, I you know act- they don't. Well, but they do, but it's Where? really stupid the way you have to get to it. Right above the chart, there's a, a hot link that says every other flagship smartphone. If you tap oh. on that, you get to the original article that has the chart and it says source Can Accord Genuity. Now, that's that's an investment company. That's not a, uh, you know, it's an analyst. That's not a, uh, um, you know, it's not a survey done by Gartner or one of those. Yeah, they're, so, yeah, they're your grain of salt thing. a little bit, but yeah. yeah. But I, unfortunately, I don't know why they didn't put the source under the graph, the chart on the first page. Yeah, I agree. So you do have to get to it.
1: Yeah, because I like to say where the data is from. And on that one, yeah. I ended up saying Apple Insider are reporting in my show notes.
0: Yeah. So you actually do you do know who it's from, but it's, it's kind of a okay. little more work.
1: Yeah, so it's from those analyst people who I have very little time for. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's better
0: than having it be from nobody, I guess.
1: True, true. Anyway, let us move into my least favourite section of the show, which is the legal updates. Yay! I'm going to be quick on this because, yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry. So, Apple v. Samsung, the first case. Apple were denied an injunction again. Apple filed an appeal. Samsung filed an appeal. In other words, this case that I thought was over a year ago is not it over. on and on. And on and on. on. And I am not going to talk about it this month, but... A second case started on the 31st of March, which is in the same court and is also Apple v. Samsung, but it's about different phones. And we're is going it the to same time judge still? Until next month.
2: Is it still Coe? Hmm? Is it still Judge Co? Yeah. She has got to be sick of all of those people.
0: Oh, have, yeah. I, I mean, i seen There's a campaign, Save Lucy
1: Ko. <laughs> 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 well, I'm sure she'd love to see someone else standing in front of her. Oh. Please somebody give me
0: a murder case Anything Yeah really anything it's gruel- Gruesome would be fine
1: Actually, given that, a I think she's actually g- given that I think she's quite a fair judge I wonder could we move her over to the e-book case Yeah that would be nice <laughs> <laughs> Which is my segue into said e-book case um, So the case has gone to appeal And two economics professors from Caltech and from NYU Which I think are reputable institutions Help me Americans are they, are they good schools, Caltech and NYU?
0: Caltech uh, is the premier technical school in the United States. It's like Einstein studied there and stuff. Okay. Taught that. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty big deal. Pretty so, big
1: deal. So they filed amicus briefs with the court, basically supporting Apple, saying that the judge didn't understand markets or antitrust law.
2: Hmm. But, I'm sure she, she yeah, but she uh, got the case. Yay.
1: Well, no, because this is now an appeal. So, she, so this is not with Judge Coat because, well, her ruling is being appealed, so she can't hear her own appeal. That'd be so weird. So this is, yeah, so the, so basically Earth this is has gone to a different judge to say that the last judge didn't know what they were talking about, which is interesting. Um, yeah. But meanwhile, Judge Coat is still busy giving certified class action status to all the other people lining up to sue Apple, basically because, well, I've judged that they're guilty, therefore you can now have your class action status. And I'm thinking... I'm wait, like, wait, when wait, wait, why ongoing... would she...
2: Yeah, why would she... Why would she... Be in charge of both of those. Shouldn't that be somebody else?
1: I don't know. What? She certified them as. She certified the class action a bit, and I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe wait till your ruling has been finished being appealed, but apparently not.
2: I'm going to hmm. guess she's not a, a, a MacBook owner. <laughs> <laughs> Just to guess.
1: I don't know guess. what she uses, but <laughs> I, don't, I, I haven't found her to be particularly.
2: Mm, nice. I don't agree with nice. that. Nice. Be nice.
0: I, I have so much trouble with this, this whole case because I understand that collusion between companies on price fixing isn't good. I understand mm. that. That does not benefit the consumer in the long run. But on the other hand, we got lower book prices after Apple and all the other companies did this, if they did indeed do it. You know, it, it's
1: – well. All right, my prices went a, down. Right, but my understanding of a monopoly – is someone who has a majority stake in the market. And, my understanding and, and of... manipulates that market. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm understanding of the problem that antitrust laws... Well, wait, laws wait, wait are... no, no. I, I, sorry, I'm
0: going to back up because this definition is really meaningful to me. You can have a, a monopoly and not be doing anything wrong. Right, that's what I was going to so say. What I was exactly. gonna say, It's what Bart not an antitrust right.
1: problem until you abuse that monopoly. Right. Right, Apple, and... Apple had and, like a teeny tiny market share.
0: Right, but that's different
1: from collusion... If
0: you get everybody to collude on the same price, now you're not talking small market share, right?
2: Right. If if it could be proven that Apple had colluded with the publishers to set prices, but that's not what happened because all Apple did was, was to say, if you sell books to company ABC and it's a lower price than what you are charging us with the most favored – nation's clause or status or whatever it is, we can then sell those same books for that lower price. What you set those prices at is entirely up to you. Apple didn't care what the publishers set those prices
1: at. But the most important thing Apple did, though, was, was, was say, rather than us deciding what price to sell your books at, you decide what price to sell your books at and we'll take 30%. Actually, the people setting the price are still the publishers, not Apple. And Apple didn't say you all set the price to the same thing. So it it just doesn't work for me because to me, right, the European Union are pretty pernickety on all this antitrust stuff. And the European Union also looked into this and they basically went, most favoured nation clothes go and then you're good to go. So Apple went, yes, sir, took away the most favoured nation clothes. End of story in Europe. Yep. Very straightforward.
2: And well, I think what really hurt Apple in this case was that not long after it was filed, uh I think three of the six publishers settled immediately. And that <laughs> yeah. put that put a, a really, really bad spin on it as far as uh the, the publishers that were left in Apple. That basically was was saying to, to the layman. Uh, well, they're guilty because three of them are settling before anything even happens. So it, perception became reality.
0: Yeah. I hate that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and some good news. a Japanese court ruled that Apple didn't infringe Samson's patents, which is really only important in the sense that internationally there's a trend emerging. It's not that Apple are winning half and Samsung are winning half. It's that Apple are winning almost all of them and Samsung are winning almost none of them. And that weight is going to have an effect on future court cases because judges are going to go like, yeah. you didn't know that like, everyone on the planet disagrees with you, Samsung?
2: Yeah.
0: So when you say Apple's winning more than, than Samsung, what are the, uh, the metrics on that coming from? I mean, are you counting numbers of cases or?
1: Um, unscientifically, yes. Okay. And then just just from what we we talk like this segment is in the show notes every month. So we sort of keep a running track. And just in the last few months, there was the the embarrassing loss in the home court in um, Korea. Korea, yeah. And then they lost a big one in Germany. And now they've lost one in Japan. They had lost another one in Japan a few months ago as well. And I don't remember... I cannot remember a single one of them winning. And either my RSS feed is biased or... My memory is correct that Apple are winning and Samsung are losing.
2: There was there was a story on this that I was reading on CNN, and in the comments, somebody actually said something along the lines of, "Oh, well, Apple only won uh, that one because it was in California." <laughs> and I I came back. I said, "You are aware that Samsung also lost a, a very similar case in Korea? You know, you may have heard of that country where Samsung actually lives."
1: Yeah, they're California. Yeah. And they lost. Yeah. That was very embarrassing, actually, for Samsung. Anyway, let us move into the main stories. And to be honest, it's one really, really big main story, which is basically that uh, Satya Nadala has really settled in in Microsoft. Uh, The last month we were saying, well, I hope he changes things. Well, he has.
2: Oh, yes, he has. He has been a
1: busy, busy man, which is great to see, actually. It's like this whole new burst of life out of Redmond. Um, And probably the... Biggest, most noticeable part of it for those of us in Apple land is that Microsoft Office has landed on the iPad. And I believe, Guy, you have, well, I was going to say purchased it, but you have downloaded it.
2: Yes, I've not only downloaded it, I also got the, uh, I went ahead and got uh, Office for the Mac through, uh, how's
0: Office
2: that? Office 365? Work? Yeah, Office 365. Oh, you and did? You paid honestly, 100 bucks a year? Yes, I am not a fan. Before, before I say anything else, and I, I actually criticized Adobe for their subscription model. Yeah.
1: However, oh, no, I love Adobe subscription model. The thing is, I, I like hate to get it. Photoshop for less than I can get bloody word. However, wrong.
2: Well, but it depends on, on how many people need to use the software. What Microsoft did that was really smart in their subscription model, they said, okay, well, you give us. $99 a year, we give you the entire office suite for your computer, uh, all of the apps for your iPad, and the ability to have it on up to five different computers. But that's now, one user. No. So you can't no, – No, no, no. Five uh, different computers.
0: That doesn't mean multi-user license.
1: Yes, why, why wouldn't it? Yeah.
0: By the letter of the law, um, let me look it up because that's
1: – I remember you looking into this for your family and being quite cranky about it.
0: Right, because it, you can have it on five devices. but that's So there's a thing called a single-user license, and then there's uh, multiple machi- – and, and that can be on multiple machines. And that's – I do not believe that's what this is. Let me see. Office 365, home premium, but isn't it, $99 isn't it, a year.
2: Isn't it kind of a difference that makes no difference? Well, if, if it's an application, no, it matters to if, me a if lot. It's in, if it's in the application folder on my wife's laptop, can she open Word and use it? Can she? Can open she physically Excel do it, or do it? can she legally do it? <laughs>
0: legally, <laughs> I, I,
1: I think Guy is getting at the point that he doesn't care.
2: <laughs> I don't. Care. Right,
0: and I and I'm getting at the point that I care deeply that I I don't disobey license agreements. Yeah. And and I, that's a personal choice. Um, I'm going to keep looking for this. I don't want to slow us down, but um, I, anyway, hope you're, so I hope you I hope I'm wrong.
1: Okay, so le- leaving aside our views on so on subscription, um, the key point well, is: so the apps are free and they're read only mode unless you have this subscription. So anyone can download these from the app store, so they can read right. Word, PowerPoint, and Excel on their iPad. But if you want to edit or create documents,
0: I'm wrong. Oh, good. I am wrong. Look at this. They, or they changed it. Share your subscription with up to four members of your household.
1: There you go. Oh, so it is a proper family license. Now, 99 That bucks is new for a small family is expensive, but $99 a year for a family of five, okay.
2: Right. Now, I've got my computer. I've got my iPad. My wife has her laptop. My son has his laptop, and my other son has his iMac. So now for $99 a year... Everybody has the latest uh, version. Uh, the latest version of Microsoft products, and you're both getting ready to go to college. Actually, well, the one is in college, and the other one is getting ready to go to college. Plus, the uh, the cloud storage. I think it's uh, 30 gigs of cloud storage is included.
0: Uh, 20, but that's 20. still okay. amazing. That's a lot, right?
2: Yeah, everybody yeah, gets yeah. And if each. you li- if you link your Skype account in, you get 60 minutes of international calling as well. Ooh, That's not a bad. A month, sixty minutes a month. A month.
0: Okay. Wow. This this changes the equation quite a bit, Guy. Because um, I used to. Well, I bought Office 2011 for one hundred and fifty yeah, so dollars for three for three users. Well, so I, I got it. I got it for twenty five. Okay, but home the, the point
2: is
0: that. Okay, but the point is that the the list price was one hundred fifty dollars for three users, three three machines. So I paid fifty dollars three years ago. Right. Per person. So it, when it was $100 per person per year, that was really bad. This, even with three people, I would also like to know their definition of uh, household, household or family members, that kind of thing. Because Apple used to have one that uh, one of their agreements was you could buy um, the OS for your household. And what I loved was they specifically had a note in there that said household includes a kid sitting in a dorm room in college.
2: <laughs> right. Well, they did the same thing for iWork and uh, iLife.
0: Yeah. You could get, yeah.
2: get the five user license pack or a five user, five, ah, five user license. And it would include a little slip of paper that would have license numbers on it that you never, ever, ever had to enter anywhere.
1: I love that right. Apple's family pack. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Oh, it cracked me but, up. It was and like, like why don't put this number? Obey it.
0: I, yeah. I, I went on a rant several years ago because uh, Leo Laporte on his radio show, somebody somebody was called calling in and they were having trouble with Microsoft Genuine Advantage. And he yeah. got, just went out of his mind about, about copy protection, how it ruins everything, and and I hate it, and it's terrible. And then the next call was someone uh, who wanted to buy a family pack for OS 10 and wanted to know, was it really wrong if he shared it with his buddies that don't even live where he lives and they're not part of his family? And Leo goes, oh, yeah, they don't put copy protection on it. You can do whatever you want.
1: Talk yeah. about undermining your point. I am yeah. or, still
2: mad at him for that. Let me let me think. Uh hypocrisy, thy name is Leo. <laughs> In that case, yeah. yeah.
0: It was, yeah. So I would like to know what uh household means.
2: That would be interesting to see what they how they define it. Well, it's any house that you can pick up and lift over your head.
0: <laughs> but anyway. when your son's away to college, does it include it? This is great. This is great news. I'm glad we talked about this because I uh was uninformed.
2: Yay. And oh, and speaking of uh, the versions of Office uh, on the iPad hmm. or the, you know, the, the various programs, uh, I have not yet – I mean because I did all this literally yesterday morning. I downloaded it and put it on all these things. And I've played with it a little bit but haven't done too much with it yet. Um, Word and Excel look amazing just from the, the little bit that I've played with them. And this is going to solve a problem – that uh, a lot of people have wanting to use their tablets either in the office or on the go. And one thing that this shows me, uh, I cannot say this guy's name, Satya Nadala. Nadella. Okay. That's pretty good. One thing that this shows me that that Satya as compared to uh, Balmer hmm. understands what Microsoft's core business is which is to get their software out on as many platforms as possible for people to use. Microsoft's business model should not include hardware.
1: Okay, well Microsoft's current motto or their new motto has been laid out with the catchphrase mobile first cloud first. Mhm. And they are acting on that like that that is very obvious. Um a friend a, a colleague of mine in work is the owner of a Microsoft Windows 8 tablet. I'm sorry. I make fun of him a lot. Um, He's good humoured about it. He is spectacularly angry that the version of Office on his Microsoft tablet is the stupid desktop version that jumps you (laughs) out (laughs) of the modern tablet interface and the version of Office on iPads is nice and touch friendly. Livid is probably the term.
0: And we're enjoying the heck out of that. That almost makes me want to buy it just because they can't.
1: (laughs) I I didn't download it, but I was slightly tempted to download it and just sort of subtly start my iPad in front of him at the next meeting. Go, Oh, look, it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) That would be mean. It would be very mean, and I didn't do that. Um, Also, a lot of people seem to think it's a good idea. There were 12 million downloads in week one
2: and and there'll be many 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 more to come. Now, I didn't well, hang on, hang on though. Through, hang on yeah. though. A hmm. download does not count as a
0: sale. I downloaded it and I have not bought it.
1: Okay. So you it's a you can download app, so it, a download look download at is it. That's the best thing you can say. No, right? yeah, but it it's irrelevant. That that's just needed. you
0: wanted to see what it looked like. That's all that is. You can't use it.
1: Well, you know you but can it, It's a read if, only. It, it, yeah. <laughs> so really you can't it. use it. But that's that's the main news for most people. I want to be able to open Word documents. I want to be able to open spreadsheets people send me. I mean, we could do that before. It gets eighty percent, I think.
0: We could do that well, before. You could open you, Word you documents with could, other apps. Yeah. A
1: lot, a lot of
2: of the applications that people used to use for office type apps uh, in iOS, a lot of them have broken lately, or have been bought. Like, um, I can't remember the one that Google bought. Uh, I I love that app because it it. It syncs so well with Dropbox. So I could take stuff from my Mac, just throw it into Dropbox, and then later on, at my leisure, open them up on my iPad. But once Google took over that app and took out the Dropbox integration, all of a sudden it was like, well, you know what? You want me to use uh, Google's cloud service? I really don't want to do that. I'm very happy with Dropbox. And, and now I don't use that application anymore.
1: Mm. The important thing here is that these apps are binary, like these apps use the same file format as RealOffice. So you don't have that thing where, like Excel, Excel spreadsheets on iOS look awful when you open them as, a, as an email attachment, like spectacularly broken. Whereas this is these apps are actually using the actual Microsoft formats using Microsoft's code. So this should be a proper opening of those files. And what I would love to test is can you present a PowerPoint on the device without buying the license? Because if you're sitting at, at your desk in work, you write up your, your, your presentation You email it to yourself or you put it onto your SkyDrive or whatever it's called. Can you then open up this free app without having bought Office 365 and present? And if the answer is yes, then they're really useful as free apps.
0: Mm, Okay. I I still contend that that 12 million download was a heck of a lot of what I would call looky That's
1: That shows that there's interest, right?
0: Uh, But looky lose are not necessarily interest. Somebody who walks through a house and looks at it is not a buyer. Those are neighbors, you know. You are going to get maybe five percent that are
2: actually interested. I, yeah, mean, I, it, I I don't really, I don't really like that analogy because you only need one person to actually buy the house.
0: Yeah, if Whereas, I, no, okay. If I was one okay, yourself, it's, a, <laughs> it's a it's, a, it's, I, a, it's I, a, I, a rental complex.
2: Okay,
1: but I'd be pretty happy if there was a lot of interest. I, I, I mean, even if you say you know only ten percent of people are sales, even if only one percent of people are sales, twelve million interested people is still a lot of people downloading your stuff. Right. How well,
2: that's that's bad. what one point two million at a hundred bucks each,
1: or even if if we say point one two million, that's still a hundred and twenty thousand.
2: It's not very much money for a
0: company like Microsoft.
2: It's a start.
1: It's not bad for a week. Yeah, I, I think this is
0: more important for businesses that are using Office three sixty five and and can now use iPads that they wanted to use anyway. Um I think that that's it's probably more important in that environment. I don't expect you're going to see a lot of conversion. And and I I did a survey of about 100 125 people or so what would you say were there guy when uh we did the um mac Roundtable table at mac Oh
2: Roundtable. yeah. And I, just see, come out. and I was I was standing there when you did that. So I asked the crowd, I said how
0: many people here are uh going to download Office 365 and I think it was eight hands Mm -hmm. And then uh, I was corrected and suggested I asked the wrong question. It was, how many of you are going to pay $150 a year to use Office 365 and like are going to start using it because of that? And one guy raised his hand high and the other guy raised it halfway with a real sheepish look on his face like he was embarrassed. So that was a – any small percentage of of that audience now is very new. Nobody'd really, you know, it was an yeah, hour and a really half new old.
1: Details yet.
0: Yeah, maybe it's a day old, something like that. When we did right. it. it, well,
1: there is going to be a conversion going on. It's a conversion of people who are using Office because they cannot feel they have to into happy Office users. Which for the ecosystem, maybe. Is yeah, much
2: I would agree with that because yeah, it's because well, yeah. This oh no, I, think, I think it's going to be good for Microsoft. Microsoft I think it's a good
0: what for every
1: folks. <laughs>
0: I, I just don't think it's going to turn into a lot of sales for people who didn't already have it before. But I do like the fact that Apple gets 30% if I do it. Maybe I'll do it. Just uh, for the
2: uh, 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 they only get 30% if you buy it through the iPad. Right. And that's where I would buy it. Oh, see, I just bought mine online.
0: No, I'm going to do it through that just so that Apple gets 30%. <laughs>
1: well, if you do it through, through Apple, it, like, can, then it's going to be managed by a iTunes subscription and stuff, which is actually a nicer way to manage recurring payments, right? I
2: do I make, know. you
1: know. I make a point of doing my Evernote through Apple because it's just a nicer interface that way. I don't have to enter my credit card. I don't have any of that carry-on because Apple have everything. It's in my schedule of payments that are coming up. That's,
2: and- that's very true. I didn't think of that.
1: And it also means I keep an awful lot more of my privacy because basically all Evernote slash Microsoft get told is someone gave you this much money, here's their username, have a nice day. They don't know what bank you use, they don't know anything about you, it's kind of nice. Anyway, so that's the, the first big change is Office for iPad and the second big change is a reshuffle in the upper echelons of Microsoft's corporate organisation. So three big moves really. Uh, These are not people I was particularly familiar with, but uh, basically the the chap who was head cloud guru has now been promoted to executive vice president of Cloud Gurunus. That will be uh, Scott Guthrie. Uh, A chap called Phil Spencer is now the leader of all software gaming and content for Xbox. So in other words, they've taken all these little separate Xbox bits, put them together and said, maybe if one guy ran this, it would work better. So one guy is running Xbox, Xbox Live, Xbox Music, Xbox Video, and Microsoft Studios. And that's a good thing to me.
2: They can probably close about half of those down and just call them (laughs) Xbox.
1: It would be better, wouldn't it? Yeah. In fact, Xbox and Microsoft Studios. Done. Yep. Uh, (laughs) And the final one I'm not sure I'm happy about, but it makes perfect sense when the Nokia deal closes Steven Elop will come back as executive vice president for Microsoft devices
2: would that also include surface
1: <laughs> that's a device yeah
2: yeah okay well can I can I tell you what I think about the surface as quickly as I can
1: oh do please
2: windows 8 as it stands on windows phones and the surface rt is a wonderful OS. It makes sense. It doesn't look like iOS. It doesn't look like Android. It looks like something completely different. And it works on a tablet running on an ARM processor or a phone running on an ARM processor. Surface Pro needs to die. Windows 8 as a touch interface on a laptop or a desktop computer needs to die because those are terrible terrible ideas that go back to Bomber's Hole, Windows Everywhere strategy, which hadn't worked in the 10 to 15 years that he had been pushing it. So if I was, uh, let me see, uh, Stephen Elap, the first thing I would do is say Surface Pro is going to go away. Bring the developers in, say, forget about the touch interface for Surface Pro And Windows 8.1, we want you guys and we'll give you 40 to 50 percent of whatever sales you get to make apps for the ARM processor, for the Surface RT and Windows Phone. You get good apps on either one of those devices and more people will buy them. Right now, it's a freaking desert because the developers don't know what to do. They don't know whether to develop for Intel-based Surface products or ARM-based Surface products. Laser focus, whatever it is you're going to do, get, and get rid of everything else.
0: Who is it that has laser focus there?
2: Sorry? <laughs> who is it at Microsoft who has laser focus? Well, uh, well it was hard enough for me to say it, much less figure out who's going to implement it.
1: Well, Stephen Elop, we just said. Oh, yeah, right,
2: right, right, him. But, <laughs>
1: right. I, I agree with what you're saying, but I would add in an extra piece. Three OS's is too many. Windows Phone and Windows RT should be the one OS. And then you yes, have a desktop. Yes, I agree. OS. No,
2: no, that's what I meant for ARM processors.
1: Okay, but that also for your phones, which aren't necessarily ARMs. Yes. Well, are they ARMs? Actually, what do yeah, you mean? Yeah, they are. are they? Okay, they are ARMs. Okay.
2: Yeah. So you, you basically – it's it's and it's what Apple did with iOS. They've got applications for ARM processors that run under iOS. They have applications that run on Intel processors for OS X. OK. Microsoft, instead of trying to make everything look identical, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of, and instead of telling your OEM manufacturers, OK, you should be coming out with touch-enabled desktops, please – or touch-enabled laptops, really, and just have them have the, the people do what it is they do best. OEMs make good laptops, or they try to make good laptops, and desktops running an operating system that people want to use, which is more along the lines of something like Windows 7. Then you have the Surface RT, and you've got Windows Phone. Those two devices running on ARM processors are, by their very nature, touch devices they work well with a touch interface so you tell developers you want to make touch uh, touch uh, applications make them for the rt and windows phone and you know come up come up with some sdks that will allow uh developers at the, the flick of a switch to uh integrate those applications within either a tablet or a phone
1: the, the way i always like to say it is i'd like a finger OS and a mouse OS, please, and never the twain will meet.
2: Right. Because my finger sorry ain't a mouse. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. No, no, I, you're,
1: I, 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 <laughs> I agree with you completely. It's sort of my you sort of you've taken my. I job surprised over. you, didn't I? Well, no. Basically, you've saved me having to do the same thing. Ah, okay, good. Um, and the great thing is, uh, Nadella's only been in the job a couple of weeks. So, uh, things can only, get, you know, this is a really good start. And if he keeps going in this vein and if he's really serious with his mobile first, cloud first, there could be some very fun competition heading into the mobile space. Well,
2: the, and the great thing about it is it, it plays up, and, you know, staying within the, the, the Apple realm, it plays up to the strengths of both companies. Apple makes a great tablet and it needs great software. Microsoft making great software puts it on a great
1: tablet. Everybody wins. Yes. Who, I'm trying to remember who it was. So I think I'm going to be John Gruber because it's a smart thing to say. But if you remember one of the big things way, way back when Steve Jobs came back to Apple, is Steve Jobs went, we have to get rid of this notion that for Apple to win, Microsoft have to lose. And what's now happened is the mirror image of that, where Microsoft have finally realized that for Microsoft to win, Apple don't have to lose. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice. Um, now, I've put this in as a main story just because, really, we're very short on main stories. So um, the iPad 2 is dead, and the iPad 4 has been resurrected.
0: Can you explain this one to me, Bart, because I've heard people talking about it, and it just – I'm just not following. What Okay, happened? so
1: you have – there's four iPads, right? They fall into a shiny one that's big and a shiny one that's small, and a cheap one that's big and a cheap one that's small. And the well, cheap the difference one that's big, is resolution? Well, it's a cheap one. that's big was the iPad 2, which meant it was non Retina, so it was the only non Retina device left.
2: Well, no, the, the first-gen iPad, iPad Mini, 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 which is right.
1: small and maybe not such a problem. It's sort of half Retina because the pixels are closer together than on a real iPad. Anyway, it's yeah, it's just red. It's just re- yeah, it's not Retina. It's r- yeah. So the <laughs> iPad 2 hung okay, around. <laughs>
0: this is really helping, guys.
1: Okay, no, but the iPad 2 has been hanging around as that cheap. Sort of like the, like, the, like the iPhone 4S is still hanging around. The iPad 2 was serving that role. No,
2: no, no, no. This, this would be the equivalent of selling the 5S and your cheap phone is the, is the 3G.
1: Okay, but you know, basically the, the iPad 2 was serving the role of cheap iPad and it was non-retina and it was really long in the tooth. The reason the iPad 3 didn't get the job was because the iPad 3 sucked. The iPad 3 had a retina screen without the oomph to actually make it go.
2: Well, I've, I've got an iPad 3, and I just recorded hour-long podcasts at Macworld with it.
1: Well, okay, Compar- compared to a 4 okay. or a 2, Yes, the 3 just didn't cut the mustard. Whereas the 4 is actually a Retina iPad that's capable of powering a Retina screen. So what they've done is they've taken away the 2 and they've resurrected the 4, and they've left the price point exactly the same. That's so, what they
2: should have done in the first place.
1: Yeah. So basically what they've done is... They've made the low-end model better and kept the price exactly the same.
2: Can you imagine somebody who bought an iPad 2 in January going, well, it's a little bit cheaper and I think we'll get a lot of use out of it. And then all of a sudden, a, you know, two two to four weeks later, Apple says, yeah, you know, for the same price, yeah, you could have had an iPhone or an iPad 4.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the, same people, it's the other group of people that's going to be whining is going to be saying, oh, I don't want that new connector. I wanted the old connector. Oh mm, yeah. Actually, sorry,
1: that, that's also a good point. That now, that that is now the end of the the ancient iPod well, connector. Well,
2: except for the the 4S. Oh yeah. The 4S and class. and
0: the the iP- uh, iPod classic. Is that
2: still for sale? Yes, you can still really? buy you can still buy an iPod
1: Classic. <laughs> I was assuming that would have been retired years they,
2: ago. They haven't changed it in like a gazillion years, but you know, I mean it's 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 massive storage unless you want to watch something high definition, which you cannot put on that device.
1: Okay, sorry. I'm actually going to look shop for iPod. It's, well, it's there. It's not on the front page. It's not on any of the pictures. <laughs> so where do I go to find it then? Oh, iPod oh. Classic. There it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, how cute. Yeah.
2: But it, it makes me crazy because I've got a a fifth-gen uh, iPad or uh, a blah, blah, uh, fifth-gen iPod. And when we used to go on family vacations, I used to load that with all the video. Hmm. And then I, I had a 30-pin to uh, component output hmm. that I would plug into the TV wherever we were. And we'd watch stuff. Hmm. Well, a lot of the stuff I now have in iTunes is... You know, high definition. You know, by Apple's standards, but none of that content that I've purchased from iTunes can I put on that iPod. Even though I'm not going to watch it on the iPod, I just yeah. want it there as a repository.
1: Yeah, but it can't spit it out of that little dock interface and make it go to that component because it doesn't have the oomph.
2: <sighs> well,
0: is that a technical term, Bart?
1: Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: Oomph. Oomph. <laughs>
1: Wow, 160 gigabytes for 250 dollars now. What? 250 dollars. What does that give you in the iPod Touch line?
2: Uh, I think sixteen.
0: A
1: half like, a maybe. gives you. It's halfway between a sixteen and a thirty-two. The sixteen is two two nine. The thirty-two is two nine nine. I'd take the sixteen gigabyte myself, but <laughs> well, at least you could do
2: more with it than just watch video.
1: True. Anyway, sorry. Which is, sorry, which is
2: all the iPod, or, uh, iPod does.
1: So ha- have we managed to make it any clearer, Allison, or, or, or have we failed? <laughs> I think we've muddied the hell let out me, of it.
0: Let me see if I can say it. There's four iPads. Mm-hmm. Two minis, two big ones. Yes. With retina, without retina. It's for the minis. Yeah, for the minis. Yes. And the iPad, uh, the big iPad is the giant bezel but retina and the tiny cute air smaller bezel correct. thinner lighter correct but uh
1: processor's the same i
2: no I get, it went from an i think an a6 it's a6 to, uh... yeah so it's one back so Is it A7?
1: So, so the the big bezelly, old fashioned looking ipad went from being the 2 to the 4 so they basically went from being like an a4 to an a6 yeah. and they went from not having retina to having retina and basically, they just jumped forward a couple of years in tech, but kept the price identical.
2: Right. So basically, nice. it's it's mini one two, biggie four five.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 yes. These, sure. these
2: things go through my mind, Bart. They must be said. I'm just wondering where Tupac you know, is in all this. I did have a, uh,
0: a a boss once, guy that you apparently never had, who told me that you don't have to say everything you think.
2: Oh No, no one's ever said that to me. I wrote it down. Or actually, really? you know what? If, if they may have said it to me, and I just chose to not remember it.
0: <laughs> I remember pulling out my Sony Cleé and writing it down in my notes, and she thought that was hilarious. I said, no, this actually never occurred to me before.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Have you it, lost it won't, control it won't
2: stop me. It won't stop me. You know
1: that, right? I've just noticed the time. Been, I haven't actually been watching the time on this show, which is a big I should. <laughs> All right. So I said, oh, yeah, I have a very little happened this month and we're at an hour and eight minutes. OK, so let's quickly get through the last of it then. Um, I was kind of sad that this is needed, but Jesse Jackson is going on a big campaign to try get some diversity into the boardrooms of Silicon Valley companies. Uh, and basically the, the sort of the quote I picked out from his campaign is technology is supposed to be about inclusion. But sadly, patterns of exclusion remains in or- the order of the day when it comes to African-Americans on boards. Zero. C-suites. Zero. Minority firms in IPOs and financial institutions, advertising and professional services, zero. These zeros are contrary to the enlightened values expo- exposed by the industry. I didn't think they exposed values. anyway. And
2: you don't want Jesse Jackson to expose himself.
1: No, I don't. Um, <laughs> Rainbow Push is seeking meetings with tech leaders to address these zeros head on.
2: Oh, technology is supposed to be about technology. Business is about business.
1: But why? Like, Apple Apple are a very inclusive sort of company. Apple are very proactive at pushing for inclusion within the law even. So sure. why is their boardroom full of old white men?
2: They're the ones that have been there from the beginning, I guess. I don't know. But there's, you know, I mean there there are and please don't ask me to name names. There are <laughs> there there are plenty of 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 people of all different stripes that are involved in technology. Uh are are there any at the, the 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 highest highest possible levels of the biggest companies in the world? I don't know. I don't pay attention to that because to, to me, it, it just doesn't really seem to matter. There are people. People generally will do what is best for themselves and best for their companies. It, 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 I don't think it's a matter of exclusion. And I know I'm saying this so very wrong. Uh, I don't think it's a matter of of exclusion as much as there's not as much engagement within the the. I mean, God, I, Wait, okay, I'm going to stop because this, right? I'm going to say this wrong and I will get nothing but hate mail.
1: No, okay, but and there's, there's I'll
2: probably w- be writing it though. Yeah, I know there's, exactly. There's
1: two ways you can look at this, right? So you can either say, well, it, the, the purpose of this campaign is to make Apple employ more people of color. But I don't think that's really what's going... To me, the way you should deal with this is to stop and say, hang on a second. Who are the best... Why is this? Is it that we have some sort of invisible barrier that we didn't realize we had? Because I don't believe for a second Apple set out intentionally to exclude people of color from their board. I don't believe that for a millisecond. Neither do I. So the question then is, okay, so if we're an inclusive company and... There are an awful lot of people of color in America. We're an American company or in California. Why haven't they made it through the upper rounds of our company? If all of this achieves that Apple sort of stop and thinking and say, "Is there a reason for this? Have we done something wrong?" Then I think, okay, that's good.:
0: I agree, I agree. When i I've, I've worked on this kind of thing a lot and, uh, in work, and the kind of things you pay attention to are what you'll uh, you know, what you measure, you will change, right? And that's a, a statistics thing we know that's true. And if you don't look at it once in a while and just look around and go, huh, Wait a minute, where's all the black guys? We forget something. Are we not paying attention? Are we not doing something right? And I know a lot of people will argue and I'll probably, now I'll get the hate mail that, that, uh, uh, guy was guy. supposed to be
2: getting, yeah. but
0: yeah, sorry, your name always escapes me.
2: But, uh, <laughs> me. uh it escapes a lot of people in
0: the world. He's that guy. <laughs> but sometimes he's guys, I get so easily confused. But, it, <laughs> But anyway, I, I worked in a company where inclusion was, was really critical, and, and what I loved about the way we approached it was because it was a business imperative because you were not going to do as good of a job if you didn't get diverse opinions. And I remember our, our, um, uh, one of our presidents said in a speech once, he said, I don't want to surround myself by yes men because then the best idea we have in the room is mine, and I think we can do better than that. Well, that same thing applies for diversity. I mean, that's why you want diversity, not because, oh, it's all good and it's nice to everybody and it's fair. That's not what it's about. It's you're going to win if you've got diversity. Can you tell this passionate subject of mine?
2: <laughs> I, I I guess my problem mostly may be Jesse Jackson himself. I'm, I'm, <laughs> really, I'm really not a fan.
1: Okay, well, forget about the messenger.
2: Okay, I, I have absolutely no problem with anyone running any company as long as they're qualified that's the you know it, the, it should always be i mean the whole point of civil rights to me was that it doesn't really matter what the color of your skin is or what your religion is or what your sexual orientation is or you know pick your pick whatever it is that that has been excluded in the past it should always be about who can do the best job and the rest of it is window dressing.
1: Right. So what you're making there is a very clear case against something which I really hate is this idea of quotas. Aha. yes. Quota. I, oh, I hate that. So if you, if you take a board that quotas is not what you're trying to get to, then you have to say to yourself, okay, so all the, we know that everyone is equally as capable of given the right opportunities. So, If I get to the top of the hill and I turn around and there's only a subset of society up here with me, then you have to track back and say, well, where did the other one stumble and why did that happen and can we do something about it? And if that's the outcome, that's good. If the outcome is, well, clearly what we need to do is appoint people who are not qualified, then I think, oh my God, no, that's wrong.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry um Allison just said something in the in the, in the chat here it says now we're getting into politics and i replied no we're not he said argumentative
1: argumentally <laughs> nice <laughs> no, we're not. this is that this this shouldn't be politics i'm not saying ooh, republicans are evil or anything like that it, it's you know it's really basic stuff of right we are all equal so if that's true why isn't it true it,
2: it everything you know, everything being relative um you, you, you kind of hate to say this but uh human beings by their very nature tend to gravitate toward what is similar to them whether or not you know the the, the whole point of 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 inclusion is to try to break through that that genetic barrier that people have. I mean, and it's, and and it is pretty much inbred into, into genetics. People have a tendency to wander toward the familiar versus the, versus the different.
1: Anyway, I doubt we're going to solve it. No. On this show. So that, well, well, not the
2: next 10 minutes. I, was,
1: <laughs> I would actually like to finish up with the next 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> that, that sort of does it for the, the big stories, and I'll argue that the last two weren't even that big. But uh, anyway, so just a few quick things to note. Um, Apple's longtime chief financial officer, Peter Oppenheimer, is going to be stepping down in September. Uh, he sort of had a an obvious deputy-in-waiting, and we now know that deputy-in-waiting, uh, Luca Ma.
2: Can someone help me with that? My, Maestri, I think his name is.
1: Okay, so Luca Maestri. And for some
2: reason, I'm like flashing onto the Godfather, but that's a whole other thing.
1: It, it, I, I do think Italian when I read that name. Yeah. Um, Luca Brasi. <laughs> so L- Luca Maestri is going to step up, which is it's sort of like the, 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 the Tim Cook being sort of prepared by Steve Jobs sort of thing. The, no, no surprises here, basically. Right. Um, iOS 7 has come out one of the things that is notable about it is that it makes iBeacons work a little bit better because the app that receives the beacons just has to be installed for you to receive the notification the app doesn't have to be running which again will make it all a little bit more reliable and workable Uh, and I think it's just the next stage in the evolution of what I think is a bit of a sleeper technology that will turn out to be important in the future maybe
2: I think that's going to be huge iBeacons Mm -hmm. Alison?
0: I spent most of MacWorld trying to figure out what iBeacons is slash are. Okay, I and we don't have time to go into it here, but I can't tell if it's going to be big, if it's going to be small, if it's stupid, if it's amazing, if it's terrifying, if it's only i only apples or if it's everybody's. I can't tell if it's an API or if it's a technology or if it's a chip or.
1: Okay, do you want a thirty second canned version?
2: It's an There's amazingly no way you terrifying can API can 7 app.
1: <laughs> no, it's... It, okay, so ultimately, right, iBeacons is Apple's implementation of the low-energy Bluetooth 4 standard. and What it gives your phone is an extra sense. It knows when it's near stuff. Proximity sensor, that's it, done. So okay, as well as but I also understand that other devices
0: that are not made by Apple can pick up iBeacons. Right, so it's then Bluetooth it doesn't 4. have anything to...
2: They just have so to, to apple low low power Bluetooth.
1: I don't think it does matter that it's Apple's. What's important is that the iOS devices have this Bluetooth four standard beacony stuff built in. The fact that Apple have branded it iBeacons is a bit like them calling their Wi Fi airport. It's important that Apple have it, but it's not important that it's airport.
0: Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> I anyway. can either I can either talk about it for three hours or none, so I'm gonna go with none because <laughs> we've been going too long. <laughs> okay, we'll
1: go with none. None sounds good. Um more evidence that Apple's working on wearables, they filed another patent about a wrist-based pedometer, which sounds like you have to walk on your hands, but obviously it doesn't. And iTunes Radio hits the top three in online music streaming, which is great if you live in a country that has iTunes Music Radio stuff thingies. And that, that sort of brings us to the end of that. Thank you very much, folks. Um, I was going to say guys, but there's only one guy. Uh, <laughs>
2: Darn right. Yeah.
1: So um, The rest of the world is delighted. Do we actually? I I forgot to say. Did I remember to say what podcast you're from, guy, at the start of the show? I don't I think, think I did. Oh did. Did no,
2: no! It's the the mighty mighty My Mac podcast. We are actually recording our 500th episode tomorrow.
1: Oh, well, congratulations! Wow. Depending on when the show is out, that may be yesterday. But the joy of podcasts is they can go listen anyway.
2: Yeah, exactly. You
1: so don't look yeah, at we,
2: over 450 years old. I would like to think that I I look. I look marvelous. I look marvelous. Uh, Gaz, and the the funny thing is Gaz and I have been doing this show together. It was actually started by Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. Uh, Gaz and I took over about 285. We're coming up on 500. He and I have never met in the nearly three to four years that we've been doing this podcast. We have never met in person. But we have such a great time doing the show. I like to tell people it's the uh, tech podcast for people that really don't like tech podcasts.
1: That sounds, having been on your show, I can, I can testify that it's good fun.
2: It is. It is. We have a good time.
1: Yeah, and 500, that's impressive. So very much congratulations on that. Thank you. And I have, for the record, I have promised Guy he can be on episode 500 of this show, which calculated <laughs> is calculated as 41 years from now. That's right.
2: And I plan on being there.
1: Well, assuming I'm still here and the show is still here and you're still here, it's a date. Great. far in the future. I don't know (laughs) if iCal will let me actually enter that in.
2: Oh, we should find out. Not right now, but we should find (laughs) out. We should
1: find out, but not right now. That would be March of
2: 2055.
1: When you say it like that, it doesn't sound that far away.
2: Ah, No, I don't even think Captain Kirk will be born yet at that point.
1: Yeah, I wish I was enough <laughs> open a today. to know.
2: What is wrong with me? Why am I bringing up these weird non-sequiturs? Oh, look at
1: the time. Yes, yeah. anyway. Allison from the Nosillacast Cast Mike podcast. Thank you for joining us. I host
0: it at podfeet.com. You can find me on Twitter at podfeet or email me at AllisonPodfeet.com. Have a lot of fun on the show and Bart's on it uh, every other week.
1: Not the last while, but yes, we will be yeah. true again soon. Business is <laughs> normal is... next week,
2: for given definition of every other week.
1: Yeah, I, yeah.
2: I do. I do love the No podcast, and oh, Allison, by the way, great party at Macworld.
0: Oh, thank you. I had a blast. It really yeah, so is much...
2: fun.
1: I got to make me to one of these Macworld things one of these you
2: days. You got to do it, Bart. And if, you, if if for the people that are listening, if you want to get a taste of what it was like. Uh, Kevin Alder recorded the uh, uh, the Google Hangout that was done uh, during- actually. He I don't didn't. think he's released it. Oh, he didn't. No, record No, he,
0: did. he couldn't. It wouldn't do the uh, Hangout on Air, unfortunately. So um, it's and- it's in the lost
1: archives, I'm afraid.
2: Uh well, there's the one from last year that you can watch. <laughs> there <That's-> you go.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure it was as much fun last year. Just it was different. Anyway. I'm very bad at ending this show. I've been your host, Bart Bush. You can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network.
2: Hello, I'm Guy. And I'm Gaz from the MyMac.com podcast. And we're here to tell you about a very serious condition plaguing Mac users everywhere. It's known as BPSI, or Boring Podcast Sleep Induction. It can happen anytime, anywhere, while listening to dull podcasts and driving. You can prevent BPSI by subscribing to the mymac.com podcast on itunes our podcast is many things (laughs) but never boring available without a doctor's prescription the mymac.com podcast is not responsible for loss of bodily functions while laughing side effects include blurred vision nervous tics trying not to smile angry yelling when we say something wrong and the inability to call our skype number which is 703-436-9501 women trying to become pregnant should not be listening to the mymac.com podcast as it will take time away from having sex which you normally need to do to become pregnant so remember listen to the mymac.com podcast think of the children